This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's time to find some cheap stocks. I took a look at some screens, of some various screens this time, to see what was kind of happening out there in the land of value. We have the 10-year treasury at 4.9% when I'm recording this on October 18th, 2023. So stocks have weakened a bit again on that news. And that means for us value investors, we might be able to find some more stocks on sale. And there are quite a few on sale. And maybe you haven't noticed, maybe you only own the Magnificent Seven or some other uh, names, maybe energy, maybe that's all you own. So you're not really seeing the big sell-off in certain areas that is going on right now. But again, with those sell-offs comes opportunities for those of us on the value side. So this is not all gloom and doom for us, and you shouldn't look at it that way. You should look at it as a way to accumulate more shares in some of your favorite companies because they have gone on sale and to look for some new names that might now fall into the category that, uh, you know, maybe something good is going on, but the market is still selling them off. So again, I looked at several screens and I'm actually going to take us through those screens today because some of them didn't really work out. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I, I, you can always run many, many screens, right? And kind of see what's going on. But, um, you know, sometimes you just like look at the list of companies and you're like, meh, I'm really not interested in any of those. Or, or it only gives you, you know, a handful of names and you really wanted more than that. Uh, so there could be any reason why the particular screen just isn't to your liking. And that happened to me today while I was preparing for this podcast. So I'm actually going to uh, cover three different screens that I ran, why, uh, you know, why I chose to run them and what, what they kind of returned a bit before finally settling on the final screen that I liked a lot more and what was in that screen. And of course, I'm going to include some stocks along the way. So the first screen I ran, and these are on Zax.com. They're on the screening tool. You have to go to the predefined button and you do have to be a premium member to get these. Uh, so there's like two buttons there, basic, which you don't have to be a premium member. You can just click on that or premium, which obviously means premium. And so when I click on it, when I'm not signed in, it, it gives me the premium sign in page. Now you can do a trial on it. Uh, it says even here, you can unlock the features for 30 days for free. So if you feel like checking out all of our premium screens, you can do it and do the trial on there. Just FYI. I do have the sign in, however. Uh, so I, you know, can just look at them. And the first one I really wanted to look at, uh, and there's a whole bunch, they kind of go in categories on the premium screens. So you have value, growth, You'll have an income, you have like a market cap type one, and then you kind of have an other category, like just kind of like more unique, uh, different ones, different types of screens. And so it's it's a lot of fun to click on multiple of these and kind of see what kind of stocks are coming up in these. But 
I, of course, always look for the ones trying to get me cheap stocks and they all don't fall in the value category. Some of those are excellent screens. Don't get me wrong. Those are like our classic value stock screen is in there. And if you want to do like a basic, I think there's a peg one. There's, you know, the basic kind of value screens are in there. But sometimes maybe I just want cheap small caps. And so I want to go down to where the market cap screens are. Or maybe I want this first screen that I looked at. It's called Fast Pace Momentum at a Bargain. So just from that title, I was like, okay, there's going to be some kind of cheapness component to this because it's talking about bargains. So it is including the ones and number twos. So I knew it would give me more restricted and then you're getting the bargain aspect, but you also have to have some kind of momentum. So I ran the screen and it gave me 12 matches. And I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. But then I kind of started looking at it and it does give you uh, the momentum is like, uh, you know, it's up in the last four weeks and then it gives the percentage it's up in the last 12 weeks. So this is recent gains in these stocks and they have to be number ones or number twos. So one of the names I noticed on the list was SP plus ticker is S as in Sam P as in Paul. And that's up 40% in the last four weeks. And I was like, wait, I think I remember hearing something about SP plus because they're big in Chicago and they own parking garages. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, they were uh, bought out, they're going to be acquired. And so that's why it's up 40% suddenly. So that's, that's not going to work for me, right? Obviously they're being bought out. I don't care about them anymore. But another name on that list is Ryder, ticker R. And we've talked about them, I think in the past, some prior podcasts, I do own Ryder in Zach's value investor portfolio. I've owned it for a while. And over the last four weeks, it was up 3.4%. So not quite as good as the 40%, obviously, of SP+. But over the last 12 weeks, it's up 15.3%. And year-to-date, now up 23.4%. they are on the logistics side, plus they do have like the rental trucks, but a lot of different components to their business there. A lot of it is not just, uh, you know, many of us think, oh, truck rental, I rented that to move my apartment or into my college dorm room or that kind of thing. But a lot of it is on the commercial side of uh, the business side and especially on that logistics. So uh, this business still kind of holding up, but it is cheap. PE of just 8.2 still, and it pays a dividend yielding 2.7%. So that's who was on this screen, but I didn't really like most of the other names that were on there. So I wasn't pleased, like I said, and I wanted to ditch off of there. So I did. And I went to the kind of other screens because my other favorite one on that, that part of the screens are the under followed gems. We've, we've talked about this, uh, usually call them hidden gems but these are number ones and number twos with little analyst coverage. So that's why they're under followed on here. That's why we call it that because the analysts are not following them, but there's some analyst coverage, just not a lot. So on a stock like Apple, for instance, is Apple the most uh, widely followed by analysts? I would think it's got to be up there, right? Like every single firm has an 
Apple analysts, it seems. Um, I'm scrolling down, but maybe not. They We only have 13 uh, estimates for fiscal 2023 on Apple. That That doesn't seem like that many, but this does not necessarily mean that's the number of analysts. That's just the number of estimates that have come in. But usually it's around that number, give or take. Um, so it might be like 10, but a couple of estimates maybe were changed recently. So it shows up as 13 on there, but that, that doesn't seem all that huge, but these bigger companies is, you know, they have a lot more analyst coverage, but what does it mean? I always think under followed must mean it only has like one analyst and we have plenty of stocks only with one. So I took a look at this. I ran the screen and I took a look at the list. I got 11 stocks on this one because it does have the ones and the twos again. And then it has to have the little, the little analyst coverage. And this was kind of an eclectic list too. Um, you would have to really kind of dig a little deeper on some of these names and because they're going to be ones that you're not as familiar with, right? That makes sense because there's not analysts on it. It's, you know, smaller caps. They're going to be a little more unknown and that's why I like the screen because it does give me these more hidden gems. What, you know, what no one knows today, someone might know tomorrow kind of thing. Uh, but one of the companies on there was Steelcase, ticker SCS. I've talked about it on podcasts because it's been cheap. It is the office furniture make, maker. Uh, PE is at 15.6 right now. So it's still cheap, not as cheap as it's been in the past. But we only have one analyst at Zaxx on this one. That's why it made the screen, just one person covering it on our system. So yeah, not not a lot, not a lot of people on the street noticing Steelcase. It does pay a dividend yielding 3.5%, however. So that's that's not too shabby. Some of these uh furniture companies are shareholder friendly given all the um you know, just how difficult it's been during the pandemic and all that. So I do remember covering this now. I just took a look at the chart real quick. Year to date, it's up 57%. That's why it's made my other charts because it had that big pop on the last earnings report. And so it's, uh, you know, busting out. It is a little bit off of its more recent highs, however. And when does it report again? Not until December, so you got a little bit of time to wait if you're waiting on an earnings report to find out whatever else may be going on good with Steelcase. Another name on the list is Huron Consulting, ticker H-U-R-N. And I'm a little bit dubious on any of the consulting type of companies right now. This is where you don't want to be in a recession, but year to date, these shares are up 42%. Wow. Um, so maybe that's why it's making the list too <laughs> under follow gem. PE is at 23, no dividend. And we do have three estimates for it. So that's what I mean. That might not be on the actual number of analysts, but because it's just the estimates, but the analysts, you know, three is pretty low as well. So um, I would not be surprised if it is actually two to three actual analysts on this one. But that's nothing compared to these big caps. Um, earnings expected to be up 31% in 2023 and another 14% in 2024. 
maybe I should be paying attention to this one, even heading into a recession. That doesn't look real recessionary to me, but again, trading it 23 times. So not like the dirt cheapness, but the screen, just because they're under followed doesn't necessarily mean they're cheap, but usually when I run this, I do find cheap stocks like Steelcase on here and this time not real cheap. Um, they're reporting earnings again in November. November 7th is the tentative date, but maybe sometime that week. They actually haven't announced yet when the actual date is going to be. So if you're interested in the consulting firms and somebody like Huron, then you might want to tune in at the beginning of November to see what they're saying. And if these super bullish earnings can hold up here into next year, but that's here on Consulting, H-U-R-N. Okay, so I ditched out of those screens and I wanted something more. Like if I'm going to get the cheap stocks and we're, we have some weakness in the market, I want, I want the real cheapness. I want good, you know, dynamic, crazy cheapness and things good going on. So I decided to go to the growth category, believe it or not, on the screens. And I found this super cool screen that just said called growth and value stocks plus the number one rank. Well, what's better than that, right? We've run something like this when we've run the peg screen, which is also growth and value. That is a rare combination. I say it all the time, but it is. It's it's hard enough to get value plus the number one rank, but to throw growth metrics in there is very difficult with the number one rank. And remember, what does the number one rank mean? It's the it's the strong buy. There's only about 240 of them on any given day out of the entire stock market. And it means those earnings estimates are on the rise. The analysts are revising their estimates higher. Doesn't not necessarily mean there's growth there in the earnings. It could still be going the wrong way. But or, you know, down from last year, as we've seen many times, but something good is going on there where several of the analysts, it's usually a group of them have decided, hey, the, you know, conditions are better in this industry or with this company and we're going to raise here. So I ran this screen and I got 19 matches. That's a lot more than I thought I would get. And there were some more interesting names that I find, you know, at least for me, more interesting. And so I decided to go with this one. <laughs> I'm going with growth and value stocks plus the number one rank. Um, although now that I looked at here on consulting, maybe I should have stayed on the underfollowed uh, gems, but no, I'm going for the growth and the value. So the first one I picked out because I haven't seen it on these types of lists for a while is a bank. They have been reporting. So we are getting those good or better than expected earnings reports in from the banks. And this one is the big juggernaut, one of the top four, JP Morgan Chase. It's back to the number one rank. It's still cheap on a PE basis with a PE of eight. 0.95. So basically about nine. Um, but remember with the banks, it's not all about the PE. It is about price to book. And I'm just taking a look right now. The price to book is at 1.5. So remember the Diddy always was buy at one, sell at two. This is right in the middle. So it's not super cheap on the price to book ratio, but it's not 
you know, up there elevated either. So I'm kind of liking that. And what else is going on with it? Well, we know it's got to have the growth component. It it does use PE in the screen for the cheapness side. And that PE of nine is definitely cheap. But the growth component, it says this year's estimated growth is 36.4%. Uh, so we're liking that. Year to date, these shares are up, but just 9.3%. They're not really getting much of a bid on their earnings report and some of that is because that 10-year moving higher and that's still spooking people even after these earnings reports, even after JP uh, Morgan and Jamie Dimon is reassuring the street, meeting with the analysts, they still are a little bit uh, you know, cautious and certainly investors are. So that's what makes it a, a deal, a stock on sale still. And um, just taking a look at those earnings. So four estimates higher in the last week since that earnings report for JP Morgan. And that's where we're getting the 36.4% earnings growth. Next year, eight estimates higher. So I'm liking that. They were all a little too uh, cautious about 2024. So the company has reassured the analysts that it's not going to be as bad as what they were thinking for 2024. So they all had a raise, still expecting an earnings decline of 7.8%, but it's early. It's only October and that will change a lot as we get into next year. So I'm liking uh, all of this that I'm seeing with JP Morgan. That's what this screen is designed to do to get me the growth plus the value. So that's JP Morgan Chase is JPM. And then I pulled out a couple of consumer names. I can't resist. A lot of them are cheap. The consumer is still spending. We've spent the last 18 months worried about the consumer and that they must slow down and that the rising of the interest rates was going to crush them eventually. <laughs> and in some areas it has like home buying and car buying, but not so much in, you know, clothing, beauty, shoes, some of these other things uh, on that side, travel, we're still traveling. And so I pulled out one of the retailers. It's one of the niche, American Eagle, and the ticker is AEO. It's PE right now is 14.1, and that's earnings expected to grow 33.2%. So we're liking, again, this really good combination. Year to date, the shares are up. 30% kind of surprise, but maybe I shouldn't be because it's got the Zach's rank of number one. And it was coming off of a big sell-off by May. And now people aren't as bearish on American Eagle. And maybe they're thinking, hey, we were we were thinking the doom was coming and it's still not. And we're going into the holiday season now. Dividend, it is still paying one, 2.3% on the dividend there. Um, so that is good if you want something a little extra. But I wanted to take a look at what those estimates are doing. It just reported a couple of weeks ago. So we're not going to hear from them again until after 
Thanksgiving and the Black Friday and all of that. So then we'll get an idea from them on what they are seeing as, yeah, the holidays are fast approaching. And that's a huge time for a retailer like American Eagle. They make most of their money during the retail or the holiday retail season. So um, it's good to get the update. So they're not expected to report till the end of November again. But just taking a look at what those estimates are doing, there are eight higher in the last 60 days, one in the last 30 days for both this fiscal year and next fiscal year. But yeah, nice earnings growth of 33.2% expected on American Eagle this year over last year. And it's still cheap. Uh, the third one I pulled out, I'm really glad to see it on this list because I was going to tweet out about it because just a couple of days ago, I bought a bunch of stuff off their website and I was like, wow, they have fantastic items right now. Um, I did have a coupon, so I was glad about that, but they're not discounting at like huge rates. It was like 25% off, which is kind of standard in retail these days. Um, I get a little more worried when it goes up to like a 40% type of coupon, although I probably could get something like that on Black Friday or maybe even 50 on Black Friday, but I couldn't wait. I need this item. It is in shoes and the company is Skechers, ticker SKX, and they are just kind of killing it both on the branding with their celebrity endorsers and their celebrity shoes. They've always done a real good job of having like either fashion designers or some other uh, like athlete or, you know, actress. But right now they have Martha Stewart as one of their endorsers and she actually has her own shoe line on there and it's super cute stuff. So I'm liking it. And that that's why I bought a bunch of shoes on there. And I know other people are going to too because they do have, uh, you know, they have the comfort level, they have the arch support in there, they have special walking shoes, and then they have these like cute designer like ones from fashion designers and whatnot. So there's something for everyone. There is more than just women's. There's men's and kids. So check out the site. And also here's a little tidbit for those of you. Maybe you've been in a Skechers store and you're like, meh, it's okay. You know, but nothing floated your boat in the store. The online has so much more than what the store has. So I really recommend people look online online when they're looking um, at Skechers because it's like just so much more inventory in all categories. Uh, so Skechers is the stock. SKX is the ticker PE of 14.9 and the growth is expected to be 42.2%. So pretty wild on the growth side. They are reporting coming up soon. They are one of the retailers that's early on in, in the earnings season. So they're expected to report on October 26th. I've tuned into their conference calls many times. I've never owned the stock uh, in my own personal portfolio. I can't remember. I might have owned it at some point maybe in the Insider Trader uh, over the years, I've run that portfolio for over a decade, so I might have owned it at some point there. But the conference calls are definitely worth tuning into because they're on the front lines of the supply chain globally. They do sell worldwide and they 
they have stores worldwide. So if you've ever been to London, you like walking around, you know, Soho or whatever, and then suddenly there's a Skechers store. I've gone in there and yes, they have the same shoes. So we're all wearing the same Skechers shoes globally. I don't know what that says about us all, all of us humans, but the styles are working everywhere, right? So they are able to uh, really maximize their uh, distribution, manufacturing, and uh, through their retail chain. I, I like how they run their business. It, it can be very volatile up and down, and they are more beholden to supply chain issues, um, especially that what we've seen during the pandemic. So it was a wild ride during the pandemic, but it looks like that is turning around with that 42% earnings growth expected this year. Uh, next year, also 16.7% again. So this trajectory is expected to continue and their price point is on the lower side. So I like that as well with inflationary pressures and also with you know possibility of more economic slowdown. We always need some new shoes eventually. And I might not want to pay that higher price point that a lot of others are at now, but I still want, you know, fashion and I want something that's cute or comfortable. And I can go to Skechers and still get a little bit lower price point. And I think that's going to play into it as we head into 2024. I still like the more upscale shoe makers like Deckers, but... On the lower price point, Skechers is certainly a good alternative, giving them a run for their money. Uh, what has the stock done? I haven't looked at it in a while. Let's see. Um, like I said, it has been volatile over the years, especially. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Year to date, up 17%. So that's not too shabby. It is beating the S&P 500, which is up about 12% now. But it has been kind of a wild ride up and down because it will trade on what's happening with consumer sentiment, you know, what's happening in retail, even what's happening in Asia, because they do have a big China and Asia business as well. So there's just a lot going on with a company like Skechers. You have to have a stronger stomach to own the stock. But again, fairly cheap at 14.9 times. Maybe I could get it cheaper on a bigger sell-off. Earlier in the year, it was a bit cheaper. So, uh, but you definitely have some opportunities to get it on, you know, this kind of volatility that it's had. It had a big sell-off in 2022 as everyone was worried about recession. I didn't want to own any retailers then, but had the big rally off those lows. And it's holding on to a lot of those gains as we see up 17% year to date. So that's Skechers. SKX. So I'm really liking the stocks, like I said, given to me in this final screen growth and value. It is always good to get the cheap stocks, but if I can get one with this growth component, if I can find someone growing their earnings at 42% while the Fed is raising rates, yeah, I'm going to be interested or or even a bank growing it at 36% while the Fed is raising aggressively. That's pretty impressive. So 
that's why I like using the screens. They're fun. You get to unveil some of these stocks that maybe weren't on your radar. And as you take a closer look, you just find out more interesting things about them. So nothing wrong with the other two screens I also ran. And you can find some interesting stocks there as well as we did like here on consulting. But um, you know, sometimes it takes a few until you really see what are good matches for what you're looking for in the market right now. And it took uh, three screens before I found the match for me. So let me recap the stocks I talked about on this episode. So there was Ryder was in that first screen, the fast paced momentum at a bargain, Ryder ticker R, and that has been a good performer this year as well. Um, as most of these have, this it's also a number one rank right now. Um, I don't think Ryder has not yet reported. Let me look real quick because I don't want to give you no October 25th is when they're reporting. And so you might want to tune in there to see if they're keeping this kind of momentum. Then we talked about the underfollowed gem screen and Steelcase was in there. They've surged this year up 57% year to date, but still fairly cheap, ticker SCS. Here on consulting, they're not as cheap, but everything else looking pretty good for them. Here on consulting, H-U-R-N. 